Hello and welcome to episode 158 of the Super Horror Bros podcast. I'm your host Matt and joining me as always is my brother Mike. Hello. We are back again. We are back. To discover, to, to, to continue to discuss. The movies never end. No, not at this point. We've still got a long way to go. Um, because, yeah, we saw 10 movies at Fright Fest. And hopefully at this point you would have listened to part one where we talked about the opening day and the free movies that we saw. Um, mm-hmm. And now is where the real festival begins with the, lo- the real long days, but very yeah. exciting. Um, and, yeah, we're going to start to cover our, the movies that we saw on the Friday in this episode. Um, we went six for six, guys. Yeah, which is pretty insane. Um but yeah, it's always fun. This is such a fun experience. Um, <laughs> and yeah, so before, obviously, before we dive into the movies, um, just a quick sort of intro. This isn't like a regular show. There's no news, no outro. Um, we're going to be discussing the movies that we saw and our overall experience at the festival. Um, <laughs> and as of course, there will be no spoilers because a lot of these movies, some of them have distribution and a lot don't. Um, <laughs> so just to be safe, these are going to be a lot less spoiler free than usual. Definitely. Um, definitely but uh yeah should we let's dive into the first movie because i think let's we were both probably the most excited for this one going in um, oh yeah i think i think we did say last week didn't we and this yeah. this was definitely my number one choice um going into to fright fest kind of when we were looking at what days to go um we suddenly looked at um the discovery screens and yeah. saw this little potential gem and got very excited and and kind of you know centered our day two around getting tickets for discovery screens yeah um and was massive important to us that we we got those tickets and luckily for us we did um we know a lot of people didn't get those tickets and that's basically what made up our day two of fright fest um i guess kind of anyone that doesn't know fright fest or knows the format um you you have the main screens that you get a seat for with your festival or day pass. And then there are three um, additional screens um, that show movies. Um, at, you know, at each, each movie has four, each time slot has four movies play at the same time. Mm. And basically these additional screens, um, you have to get tickets a week before and your um, festival or day pass gives you a free, ticket to the screening if you're able to secure a seat but obviously there are a lot more um people eligible to get the tickets and there are seats available so it becomes a nightmare yeah because these are Um, much smaller screens obviously if you're in for the weekend you're in the massive imax screen at the cinema yeah Um, you're talking hundreds of people potentially then trying to get tickets to uh maybe 80 person cinema screen Oh yeah, and even that, I would say it's more like sometimes, some cases, it's four or five hundred people trying to get fifty tickets. Yeah. Like it's yeah, exactly. it's pretty crazy. Yeah, um, especially if you've done what we done, which we really banked on getting them this year because they were the yeah. ones that we really wanted to see. And especially with, uh, bringing it back to this movie, obviously, I I almost did a double take. I think when we were looking mm. at the schedule, um, yeah, and was like, wait, Haunt? They're showing this just like on the early morning on the smallest screen, like yeah. Is this the whole, is this the movie we're thinking of the one that is produced by Eli Roth and directed by Scott Beck and Brian Woods the writers of A Quiet Place um yeah and apparently which, it was yes <laughs> um now this book says that I forgot to actually mention about the premieres but I feel like for the opening day it wasn't too interesting was it um, no no I think was Come to Daddy uh let me have a quick look it was a UK premiere yeah um and then yeah the other two were UK premieres and a special preview um whatever the hell that means yeah um, 
I mean, it, it came out for uh, 15 minutes before its release date. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's, that's what happened there. But yeah, anyway, so we, yeah. So we got that nice and early. Um, yeah, I but, didn't yeah. spot this like when we were when we were watching the movie. Uh, Let me uh, I'll, I'll pull up my photos while we're talking about this as well. But because um, this does say it's a world premiere, but uh, I know for a I've fact just that's not mine true. Up. No, it says international premiere. Okay, yeah. Again, I have no idea what that means. <laughs> no. Um, you know, I'm fairly confident to say it's a UK premiere. Outside of that, yeah. I don't have a clue. Um, Not many people have seen it. No, exactly. And 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 yeah, this is getting a a wider release, certainly in the US. Uh, theatrical. Yeah, they were um, talking Halloween time, weren't they? No, I think it was earlier. I think it's around mid September. Oh, um, was it? I think oh, it's like okay. a week after it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, like we just said, obviously directed by the writers of A Quiet Place. I believe this is their directorial debut. Um, yeah, I believe so too. For it, for a feature film, and um, yeah, I believe they wrote this as well. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, they did because they obviously they discussed did, yeah. it in our Q and A. And um, yeah, obviously eighty eight minutes long this one and a USA production. Um, do, let, do you want to give us the lowdown on, I guess, why we're excited for this one and the synopsis? Yeah, definitely. I mean, our main reason was the directors behind it and the fact that Quiet Place was our favorite movie last year. Mm. And these guys are now writing and directing something. But then when we heard the kind of premise, it sounded interesting as well. Yeah. Um, quite a simple premise, really. Um, that on Halloween night, a group of friends basically go to a... Um, extreme haunted house attraction Mm. um and they as they kind of as soon as they really enter it's all is not what it seems and uh the hosts of the attraction are more sadistic and uh just a bunch of psychos really and Mm. um our cast are in trouble from the start really um and I mean, that's kind of the, the movie in a nutshell in terms yeah. of premise. Um, yeah. And that's what I kind of loved about it. And that's something that the directors spoke about as well. It's the simplicity of it, really, that it is this, it's a homage to um, the old slasher movies. You know, they spoke a lot about Halloween and their influence of Hall- you know, what Halloween gave to them. But then just, you know, old slasher movies in general. Um, and it is a very simple idea to wrap your head around. And it is just can they execute it in an exciting way? Because this has been done to death. Um, mm. This subgenre, it's something that I've watched quite a lot of recently. Um, most recent being Fright Fest from last year's Fright Fest. Yeah. Um, very confusing. Um, and that movie did not deliver for me. And so, although I was excited and really excited for this movie, I, I was aware that this, this subgenre hasn't been delivering as of late. Um, but yeah, go, going into this one, kind of um, actually kind of getting introduced to the characters at the start, um, pretty much all of our characters were uh, good and and not frustrating. You know, you normally get the kind of annoying couple of characters. I think the kind of baseball guy was a tad annoying. Um, but other than that, pretty much our lead cast, you know, our group of friends, they're all pretty good. Um, and... It takes we, we do get a decent amount of setup, I guess, kind of with the characters and they're kind of going to a club and a party and we get the fact that our lead, um, Harper, has got like this ex-boyfriend that she's trying to get away from. Um and they um they they take a little while to get to the attraction, um, but then as soon as they do get to the attraction, and we will come back to that, um, you know, it it really does um it sucked me in from the offset. 
Mm. There's this really creepy kind of clown guy that does this weird, creepy magic trick to introduce them to it. They do a really good job of the whole using a lockbox for people to put their phones in, which I thought was really Mm. great. Because um, obviously in these movies, like, why aren't people just using their phones and getting help? Um, And then as soon as we get entered into the attraction, I I was super into it. I think the, the design of each of the rooms and kind of the design of the the villains and kind of everything really nailed it. And it felt very grindhousey. It felt very sore, you know, it felt kind of that style. And then, you know, all of the characters felt very old school horror villain. And so, yeah, I can, you know, this love letter really did come through to me. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah. I, I completely agree. Really. I absolutely love this movie. I thought that it was o- overall, probably it's hard to discuss because, a lot of the movies that we saw over Fight Fest melded different genres. Um, mm-hmm. You know, some were more sci-fi, some were more comedy. I think this was like my favorite horror experience that we got. Yeah, because I think that it. Yeah, this was on... our most pure horror movie. It what what the premise was that that's what the movie is. You know, that they're stuck in this haunted house attraction with a load of psychopaths. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is like you wouldn't really expect that from these guys because, um, no. you know, they have done like they, the focus on emotion and drama and that sort of stuff. And mm. this is different. This is a different style. This is this movie isn't really trying to make you laugh or anything like that. It's just showing you really good horror. And mm-hmm. I think that this was by far the most tense I felt watching any movie. It was like the closest I would say I got to being quote unquote scared. But like that doesn't. Mm happen really especially not in like a crowded theater experience so i think that that's the it was just it was at a point where halfway through and we were getting very much into all the different rooms and all and seeing all the different killers where i was like oh i haven't like properly exhaled in a while you know like i'm actually holding mm. my breath watching this movie and that was like just a really awesome feeling um and yeah like the set design is phenomenal um th- this kind of subgenre is one that i on paper adore um mm-hmm. it's just in execution it never really gives me what i want most of the time yeah. and I think this is one of the best ones I've seen in a long time. I think that if yeah. you include 31 in that aspect of it, which is slightly different, but I would say it, can, it contains a lot of the same conventions that you yeah. probably have to include it. This is my favorite one of those since 31. Yeah. Um, and yeah, just loved, loved pretty much everything about this. Amazingly brutal kills. Um, mm, a fun enough re- cast. Really good, you know, yeah. kills and gore. Um, yeah they 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 delivered on that stuff so well the Mm -hmm. the house the the actual attraction was interesting it never felt stale where they're always going in different directions which i liked i think a lot of these movies they they kind of get a bit it's a weird calling it dull when you're always moving forward but i feel like once you go through that front door in a lot of these it's like you're on rails and you're just like here's the next room here's the next room whereas this movie hits a point where it then like splinters off into loads of different groups and that was when i thought the movie got even better and excelled even more it definitely and it's something that i touched upon in my thoughts on it that that um what they do really well with this movie is the the massive trope of all horror movies is you've got a group of friends and they all split up and it Mm. doesn't make sense why they split up and in this movie it it kind of happens once where it's a little bit weird but most of the time characters are splitting up and it really makes sense Mm. you know at the start of the movie there's like a left turn right turn it's kind of like safe and not safe route or scary and really scary or something like that it was labeled and kind of our character splinter to, to, to get the full experience of the of the the haunted house attraction mm. and so it made perfect sense why they separated and kind of they did a really good job of yeah separating people having this crazy stuff happen and then bringing them back together 
and having them at different levels of fear as well because it had different experiences of what's gone on um so i thought that was done really well and um was something that that really helped and then and then as you said kind of the fact that with these things you do kind of feel like they're on an on-rail shooter where they are just continuously going forwards and um you know 31 is the prime example of that where they re- it really does feel like a forward motion movie yeah whereas this one the characters literally are like fuck this we know that there's trouble going forwards because that's what they're expecting us to do let's go back and see if we can get out back we know there's an yeah. exit there because we came in that way mm. and and I, and like i was like wow like okay and it, and it was almost like you guys have outsmarted the the whole setup because i want you to keep going forwards as well but mm. yeah it makes sense that you go back have at it guys well played um you know and, and it does really good job of turning that around as well and, and you know making the rooms that you've already visited interesting again and interesting yeah. in a different way that was a massive standout to me of like, oh, OK, yeah. they're actually adding different elements to these same sets, which usually you would go, oh, that's a cheap use of, you know, reusing mm-hmm. the set. But at no point did that ever cross my mind because it felt no. really new and fresh each time they revisited the areas. Mm. So, yeah, no, th- this movie was super strong for me. Like, I really don't have too much criticism of it. Um, I think um, one of the real interesting things that we that I kind of spoke about briefly was um, obviously um, crazily uh, Scott. Um, Beck and Brian Woods were there um, mm. at Fright Fest um, and did a Q&A afterwards and spoke about how um, they shoot. Uh, they, they obviously um, had very limited screenings of this movie initially and in their initial cut and one person that watched the movie was Ty West and he gave him the feedback that the intro was too long and mm. there was too much character <laughs> development and it took too long to get going. And anyone that's seen a Ty West movie would think, Jesus Christ, what? Mm. Um, what are you saying? And they really took that feedback and and um, cut a lot out of the character development. And um, I really think that was a smart choice um, because I liked the characters. And um, I, like I say, I thought all of them worked. I didn't really need them to develop anymore. I think it did a good job of just giving us, we knew what we knew about these characters. And there were some characters that I had questions about more about them but i i'd prefer to have these questions than have way more set up and be bored before the movie gets going yeah um so i think they did a great job with the cut on this to get it down to you know a nice 90 minutes and get us to that haunted house quickly yeah this is a movie that knows its strengths where it's mm-hmm. not trying to have amazingly written characters with all these in with all these depths and stuff like that it's like they know what the audience wants to see if you're going to pay money if you have seen anything about this to promotional material or you know what this movie's about you're going to want to get to the attraction and you're going to want to mm-hmm. see people die and so that's what i loved about this movie and we like i feel like that's something that gets glossed over so much especially when we talk about stuff like the new halloween and stuff where they kind of just they forget to just give you the yeah, basics give us and, what and, we want the, yeah and it's like that's not a trendy thing to say in this day and age of like you know just give us the blood and guts or whatever but like th- i think this is a movie that understands that ultimately that's what this type of mm. you know crowd would want to see from this movie and like yeah. i want to defend that sort of stuff because like i uh, of at times can be like oh yeah you know i love the shape of water and that could be like some people could be like that's the most upper ass movie possible mm. but in my eyes i think that that achieves what it needs to achieve and then something like this yeah. i put in the same vein of horn is not trying to win any oscars it's not trying to give you amazing character development it's trying to 
get you to be a horror and show you yeah and show you these cool deaths and i think it delivers on that so i don't have anything bad to say about this movie oh i think it's absolutely phenomenal and i think that with this movie now like we are we already already knew how talented they were as writers now it's like okay these guys can bloody direct Mm. a good horror movie as well yeah um and they were awesome as well you know their their dialogue post the film they they are so into the genre and Mm. you know just such fans i i really hope that they just continue with it now because people are going to be you know giving them work (laughs) and they they need to you know yeah of all the people out there this is one of those ones where yeah if i was in charge of a production company and you're looking at up-and-coming talented filmmakers this is the exact type of guys that you need to be throwing money at and being like what do you want to make because they're proving it from a writing standpoint from a directing standpoint they know what they're doing and And they've delivered i think um the the shared image that these guys write and direct these movies together and they spoke about that that collaboration the fact Mm. that we talk a lot about these directorial debuts of someone that's written the film as well and how Mm. they've got so invested in their own film that they can't critique it and the edit and that there's actually a better film if they had more input from third parties yeah and the fact that there is these two creative heads there they they seem to do a really good job of fleshing things out and they don't they don't hang on to something that that ultimately doesn't work which some directors tend to do um so i think they do you know that they seem to be a great team Um, yeah perfect example of that is quiet place because obviously they came up with like this concept in this world and everything for years and then for them to kind of like let john come on board and adapt it and add you know the different elements like the more focus on the family and stuff like that shows you that yeah they're open-minded they know that like they're not just going to get the final cut on everything and yeah that i totally agree with you that shows a maturity beyond their years that you don't usually see from a lot of young filmmakers especially who are making independent films where they just want to be like nope my say is is the last say and everything i say goes you know they're they're not like that at all Um, definitely i think the um the villains in this as well yeah deserve um a tip of the hat to as well we can't go into it too much uh (laughs) but they are you know they are more in depth than i expected and i really like them um they're they're you know the, the, their kind of interactions with the um obviously our our uh, group of um friends um and kind of you know they're not just these throwaway um masks for the attraction they are characters and they're, mm. they're all that they're, they're you know they really are it's similar to like a 31 where you remember the different villains they're not just like oh mask guy one mask guy yeah. two which they sometimes are in these movies each one of them was cool and each time one of them popped back up i was like oh there's the clown again mm. like there's the witch again and like and they were all really good and really you know they they were, they were fantastic i think yeah, and these types of movies, it's easy to fall into this trap where as soon as they become just like random masked villain one, two, three, mm-hmm. etc., then you don't care when they pop up. And so then it is just the only thing you're following is the group of characters. And then when, as each character gets off, you, you're then limiting the numbers. And then it's like, you know, like most horror movies, you'll get to two or three. Um, whereas in this movie, like you say, because they all have their own distinct style and personality, it was very much a case of like, okay, now I'm caring about the group of characters, the slowly diminishing, and I'm caring about the people doing it not in a sense of like you know what uh, i want them to win or anything like that but more just like oh yeah. okay where are they in this attraction you know yeah, like you can, want to see what they're well, going to do where is he now sort of thing you're like oh the guy with the chainsaw i need him to come back because yeah. we always want to see more chainsaw action <laughs> yeah 
So yeah, I definitely think that was a standout. And yeah, you mentioned at the start as well. I really thought the mobile phones thing was a really good thing because mm-hmm. it, it serves multiple purposes. Like not only does it write f- uh, the phones out of it, but it actually makes them like an interesting plot point throughout the whole movie yeah. where it's not just a case yeah. of, oh, okay, we put our phones in this box and we're going to forget about that for the next 90 minutes. Like the yeah. characters are actually trying to pursue them, you know? As yeah, a, they're, as like, means they're like, shit, if we get our phones, we're okay. Like let's get our yeah. phones or let's get to the car. Like we need to do one or the one of the two things. Um, yeah. So yeah, no, this movie just nails it for me, and and I also think as well, it is the perfect fright fest movie. Mm. Like I am, I'm, I'm kind of gutted that this movie was on such a small screen. I'm buzzing that we got to see it because I, I love these small screens. The screen that we saw this movie in is my favorite place to watch a movie at fright fest. Mm. So for me, I'm in heaven. But I really feel like how this wasn't on the main screen for most people to watch. You know, so many people have gone to this festival and won't have seen this movie. And I think that's a massive shame because this is the perfect Fright Fest movie. Yeah, I completely agree with you. This the scheduling wise, it, it was like wow, especially after seeing it because you never know. And I think going into it, we kind of thought this was a weird one, and then watching yeah. it and seeing how good it was and how it's it has got a theatrical at least planned in the US, but you're probably not going to get a chance to ever see this on a big screen in the UK. And so the fact that that was you know for us personally, like you say, I, I think it's by far the best screen mm. at Fright Fest. So I was I was happy for us and for the show. Yeah. But it's such a shame that so many paying customers went to Fright Fest and they didn't even have a chance to see this um because of how you know limited the seating is in that screen area so yeah Yeah. it was a weird one but i mean as far as recommendations go i highly recommend this on every single level um zero hesitation for me and any type of person that's listening to the show i think you should check this movie out Mm -hmm. um obviously if you're in the u.s you're very lucky definitely go see this opening weekend on the big screen and enjoy it um and then yeah it seems like it's going to get some sort of yeah. distribution UK, in UK, good luck. so yeah we'll, we'll let you know when yeah. we see it but yeah yeah, yeah no I, I agree this. I think you know the, the, quite often we give recommendations with the odd caveat and that sort of thing mm. but I think if you're listening to a horror podcast you should go check out this movie and as close to Halloween as possible as well because this is a mm. great like chuck yes. on with friends Halloween movie like I feel like this is going to get multiple watches for me mm. um, there, there are movies that I'll enjoy more that I'll watch less than this movie yeah uh, if that makes any sense yeah <laughs> but it's yeah, great for, for sure um but yeah moving on so yeah next up on on the uh, friday obviously we were still in the discovery screen at this point the beautiful discovery screen yeah it's it's just wonderful like it's a shame that obviously because that's where fright fest started a long long time ago because it is a smaller uh, cinema than where they are currently at mm-hmm. um and obviously they couldn't have the whole thing there um but definitely from us and i don't know if it's just us or or not but we absolutely adore this is a much more intimate screening um mm-hmm. it just i don't know there's something about it that just feels like it suits fright fest more in my well, mind just, we're not even you know, people the... that have been going for very long either no it's just this you know proper beautiful cinema these old screenings these old chairs and everything and it just feels like this you know more grindhousey feel than than the 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 spectacle of a modern day cinema complex and it's something you know we go to a normal cinema complex for all of our films that we review at the cinema so it's cool to go somewhere a bit different whereas the other the the main kind of um cinema that the the main screens are on it, it does feel like a normal cinema yeah for sure like we just go to odeon every single week yeah it feels like (laughs) a big cinema but yeah 
But uh, yeah, so obviously our second movie of the day, this was one, again, a Discovery one, and one that not many people were trying to get after. Obviously, this was, mm. uh, especially in the Friday, there was a lot of competitive slots. Um, yeah. So this was one that we definitely wanted to see, um, which is Red Letter Day. Um, yeah, this one just sounded cool alone from its premise, really, and that's what got us in. It had some cool poster art, which yeah. for Fright Fest is a big uh, contributing factor towards where you go with the film. Uh, yeah. And then, and then just a nice little snappy premise, which is exactly what this movie has. Yeah, definitely. A cool um, premise, a cool poster, and only 76 minutes long, which is always beautiful. a plus. Um, so yeah, directed by uh, Cameron McGowan. Um, it, it is a Canadian production, um, mm-hmm. so maybe that was in our minds as well with Life Changer last year. Um, same screen yeah, I think as well. It, I think it was. Um, and also a UK premiere for this one. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, we, we'd obviously discussed the cool premise. What is that premise? Yeah, and I think kind of so far with this whole show, really, most of these movies have got a pretty simple setup yeah you know apart from scary stories all the other ones are quite simple um Mm. so yeah red letter day um is basically kind of a recently divorced kind of mother and her um two children boy and a girl teenage children um receive each receive a uh red letter in the post um hence the name red letter day (laughs) and this letter basically says um uh, you know, I've sent this exact letter to your neighbor below. Um, you need to kill your neighbor before your neighbor kills you. And then a picture of the neighbor. And it kind of says like that they're within like a few kilometers of where you live or something. Mm. And it basically says that like you have been paired towards this person because you have conflicting life views and, yeah. and or that sort of thing. So you, um, which they don't really delve into in the movie. Um, no. Once that is brought up in the rest of the movie. Um, but it's basically kind of almost like a, you know, Hunger Games type thing where you're kind of like, right, you know, you, you've got to kill that person before that person kills you. And it's kind of these interesting pair-offs and kind of um, what the movie does very quickly is that the mother and the son read their letter and know who they have been tasked to kill and who they should be worried about. Whereas the daughter rips up her letter and straight away I was like, Ooh, okay, this is interesting. <laughs> like we, we kind of don't know who's going to be after her. Um, so, so yeah. And kind of from that point, the movie, um, you know, it kind of has this whole, um purge feel to it like the first purge where it's kind of like is it going to kick off isn't it going to kick off obviously it's going to kick off when is it going to kick off yeah um uh vibe and kind of um i i enjoyed that to start with that kind of we start to get kind of news reports that obviously like everyone's been sent this letter that's weird on social media and people kind of posting these um vlogs of it and stuff and these opening videos they had this cool like collage of uh, you know this opening of the red letter day which is kind of like a cool trope of these you know box openings of other things that are on youtube and whatnot Mm. um so i kind of like that and then kind of it starts to delve into news reports they're kind of like oh hang on there's a tweet here there's been a murder happen because of it and stuff and like it starts to kick off and then obviously we delve into kind of um you know everything kicking off completely and kind of our character's thinking what do they do with the you know they know who's potentially going to be coming after them and they know who they potentially need to go after um i guess we can't really delve much more into plot because it starts to get spoilery yeah 
Yeah, um, that's pretty much the basic setup, isn't it? Um, mm. But yeah, uh, I think I think um, also this movie is um, got quite a lot of comedy elements to it. Um, you know, it is kind of. Uh, you know, we spoke about in the, at this Fright Fest, there is a lot of kind of dark comedy in these, and this definitely plays into that quite a bit. Hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, kind of, once it, like, the intro is interesting. Like, again, ugh, this is maybe slightly spoilery, but I don't think so. But it's like it, the first... It's the opening, in, yes, the opening part of the movie, and it is yeah, interesting. Like the, the first, like, 20 seconds, you basically see someone act, like, doing the red letter day. You know, like, someone has got the letter, and someone is going to kill them, and they kill them. And so it's, like, a very loud and big opening to the movie. Really good um, opening. Yeah, it's really cool. And so, and then it very much slows down. And then we get introduced to what you was just explaining about the setup. Mm-hmm. It's this family of three. They're waking up like a normal day. I think it's like a bank holiday or something. So, you know, they're all together. Even yeah, no one seems usually... to be at work. Yeah. And so it's kind of like, oh, I, okay, think, uh, I think the mum does actually say that because she's like, should we do something today, kid? Well, that's what I mean. Yeah. Because it's, yeah. I got the impression that they're not usually around the, the, each other at this time of the day. Yeah. So it was a case of like, right, what are we going to do? And we're just kind of, you know, talking as a family. And, it slows down massively and mm-hmm. um i think that what you just said where they're trying to create this atmosphere of you know is it going to go to shit or isn't it with these like small little reports and everything and i feel like this movie needed to have just like constantly have cutaways to like people within yeah. the other stuff neighborhood. yeah um because they could have easily done fun little things of you know someone looking out of the window to like you know while they're eating breakfast and there's something crazy that you know like almost like mm-hmm. at the start of these zombie movies you see so well where it's yeah. like you know has the you know like yeah. the Shaun of the dead the classic scene when he goes to get the cornetto and yeah and he's, exactly. un- he's unaware of the of the chaos that surrounds him especially I think because that- this does play into the comedy and i'd have loved the fact that like you sit down with a random person and they've got their newspaper and post and they're now about to open the red letter and the doorbell rings and they kind mm. of don't even know that that it's all kicking off and they get you know killed or whatever and i think like having those vignettes in it would have definitely elevated this movie a lot more yeah like that's what this movie needed because i think unfortunately it's very slow to start i think that yeah. it's 76 minutes long and it kind of blows my mind that this summer has a slow start yeah. because this has at least 15 to 20 minutes that i could i don't want to see again um mm-hmm. which is mad and so i think that this could have been a lean under an hour at, at least <laughs> um and it's a shame because i think well, i'll jump ahead and then come back yeah. to it but i think that once it gets going i really enjoyed this quite a bit actually uh-huh. i think that it delivered on the stuff that i wanted it to this kind of chaos surrounding these red letters um the the comedy's great i think that um once you get introduced to kind of like oh the family and, and where are they gonna go and the neighbors mm-hmm. and all that stuff like that was just really fun and i think that it kept going to a point i wasn't a huge fan of the of the exact ending as it were but that's not really relevant um i just thought that it was fun once it got going but it, was it was a fun ride initial... and i think the fact that we wanted more of that ride just mm. shows that the movie didn't handle its runtime well because it's yeah. kind of a short movie that has left us wanting more, but did feel long in that place. And because I enjoyed that setup in terms of like the escalation, but I agree with you, it needed that cutaway to some action and kind of this one family slowly getting up to speed with Red Letter Day, but actually us as the audience getting those cutaways to keep us much more engaged yeah we talk about this a lot where it's like the intros of movies and kind of like once you get going to the what everyone wants to see how do you yeah how do you keep the audience um interested and we've talked about it with crawl and haunt and all these different movies already where how do they you know it's like we already know what the initial setup is so it's almost like it's weird with these movies where they tell you the thing that you want to see but then they know that they can't start with it and i think that and and again i think this is this movie starts with it (laughs) yeah which is weird um 
But I actually think this is a positive of this movie going forward in that I am cr- critiquing it in the vein of every other movie I've seen, uh, in mm. at least for this year, because this is like ultra low budget. You can tell that this is like a very, very small release. And mm-hmm. I think that this is a fairly small problem that they could have handled better. Um, mm. The actual meat of the movie, I don't have a problem with at all. Yeah. I'm just harping on this very small part. Yeah, I think, I think in terms of like overall with this movie, if they'd have nailed those things, this would be right up there for me like yeah. thinking top 10 contention yeah and, and instead because it didn't quite hit those things this is just a very good movie that we've seen this year yeah um you know and so it is it is given it that harsh critique because it's done so well because yeah this is a mad low budget movie um yeah because a couple of times characters do have odd dialogue and um it isn't the best acted mm. um you know and and that's where the low budget does come through um but the charm and the concept of this um I, I want a Red Letter Day too. Yeah. Because like, it's fun. Like, it's a fun concept. I enjoyed the comedy. And like a, like you said, I would love that Shaun of the Dead kind of vignette of it, of kind of people being unaware and the chaos ensuing in the background and all of that stuff. And I feel like it could be done really well. Um, mm. The the opening scene that you, that you spoke about, the scene that leads into the, the movie after that is kind of like a promotional video for mm. the housing estate that they all live on. And I really love that as an idea as well of this kind of perfect suburbia that, that this company is trying to build and how these people have latched on to this kind of picturesque, fake, you know, um, uh, town that's been built and that these um, terrorists uh, for lack of a better word I mean they, they effectively are mm. um, have, have put these red letters in the mailboxes to try and mess with this kind of image that this this um, housing estate has tried to build for itself um, and so I love that contrast of the first scene and the second scene as well yeah um, and yeah would have loved more of that where you you almost would have had like these you know, kind of desperate housewife kind of type characters that are like, but this is our town. Like you can't be like this, you know, and kind of, you know, that sort of thing as well. And kind of, um, you know, playing off those tropes of kind of perfect suburbia and then this carnage that ensues. And I would have liked more of that as well. Um, this movie just left me wanting more of it, which is a good thing. Yeah, for sure. Like by the end of watching the overall movie, I'm like, man, I really glad we checked that out because it Mm. was a weird little movie that I don't think anyone's really going to be talking about over this weekend. Mm -hmm. Um, Because God knows how many people actually saw it. I mean, there couldn't have been more than like 30 or 40 people. And so, yeah, it wasn't a full cinema. No, and and I'm glad, but I am really glad because yeah, it sounded interesting. And even though I have my issues with the intro, I do think that there's a lot of cool stuff there. And mm-hmm. like you say, considering we're judging this with like other movies that we just spoke about, or in the last episode that have like fifteen million dollar budgets and crazy stuff like that, and it's like this movie looks like it was made in a weekend with a bunch of friends. You yeah, know? And, and it really, and that's not like a dig at it. That is like, a, oh no, you actually tried and you've, you delivered, you know, I actually thought the violence looked really good in this movie mm. for a low yeah. budget movie. Um, yeah. It's it some, it some cool violence in it. Um, what well, one scene in particular up. was, was very violent and also played for laughs. Yeah. Um, and was, was odd. And it was kind great. of, kind of both worked in, you know, <laughs> very similar to a Shaun of the dead in that scenario. Yeah um so yeah hats off to him there and, and yeah definitely one you know i i would recommend this to, to to people to try and check you know check out god knows what sort of release this is ever going to get but i think yeah. it's it's an interesting enough concept and it was executed well enough that it's definitely worth watching and and i think you'll have a fun time yeah this is the type of movie that it's so indie that hopefully some sort of on-demand service will pick it up because mm. it's hard to kind of go out there and Shot go like, yes yeah. 
yeah like, <laughs> yeah um it's kind of hard to be like yeah you have to go out and see this movie you know because it is a very very small production and there are so many different things buying people's attention these days um but this is the perfect thing we talk about it all the time with obviously uk shudder and their um their problems yeah their lack of yeah and, and all these other and obviously like the the kind of stream and servers market we've talked a lot recently is just getting so competitive and 2020 looks to be an absolute bloodbath and so if you're trying to uh skewer to more towards an adult audience and especially with horror movies this is the exact type of stuff that yeah. it's not going to take you a lot to license this i was going to say i don't think this would be an expensive purchase no and it's fun like i think this is a fun enough throw and throw on where if you've just got to kill 70 minutes one night throw this on and i honestly don't think you would be as bored by the intro as we were and you would just have a lot of fun with the violence mm-hmm. and it's a cool concept yeah. so yeah i i really I like also it. i wasn't that bored with the intro not as much as you i don't think yeah like i, I definitely share your you know and I, and I liked your idea of having the the, the cutaways massively mm. but the intro was fine um because i did like that escalation of them you know getting the social media videos up and these like i say these knockoff unboxings and then the you know the steps that happened i did quite enjoy that i, I just would have you know we know what we've come here to see and i wanted it sooner yeah, like those moments are fine. I think the reason why it really stood out, and it's a shame because like I'm I'm usually kind of, I'll give a movie like some time, you know, it's like mm-hmm. if it has a slow intro, that isn't the end of the world. But I think I w- what you mentioned with the acting not being the best, those yeah. initial sequences it's are just three characters and, talking. The brother um, and sister like having their bickering, that sort of thing falls a bit flat. Yeah, it um, came across so fake. I think this, the script and the acting were both mm. not, not fantastic. Um, yeah, it didn't feel natural. They didn't feel like a family to me in the slightest. And no. then they kind of, they have this like video game set up where I hate video, fake video game playing in films anyway. It drives me insane. And this really looked like that. And then the other thing as well is like, if you're playing a game in a film or a TV show, I don't mind one shot full screen on the screen just to show the audience what you're playing at once for like a couple of seconds. They showed this, this shitty little indie game that they're playing at least 10 or 15 times full screen. Um, I was quite into the game. I was trying to download it after I was not at all I, to the point where i was like did the director also make this game because this game does not look remotely interesting and why are you shoving it down my throat um yeah. so yeah that kind of like irked me a little bit in the early teams but yeah once mm. like the first why were they as- all so bad at it i know yeah it's because they weren't even playing it um but yeah it was like this, this is one of those ones that small issues aside i really respect what they've done mm-hmm. here i think it's a really fun movie and it's not going to be on anyone's radars so no, i think I... it's our job to be like yeah we really enjoyed this and we we hope that you check it out at some point god knows like you say this could be one that sneaks out tomorrow or it could never see never. light of day there is yeah. no way of telling the difference um no but, but yeah. it was it was definitely a cool one um and it, it was odd because there wasn't any. This was the only film, wasn't it, that didn't have any, uh, you know, cast or or, or crew. Attending. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They said they um, tried to get the director, but he sadly couldn't make it, which was a shame. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but, yeah. So uh, we, didn't, we didn't get a lot of post review of it, but um, yeah, it, it, would, it was. That it would have been nice as well for this movie. I think it, it would have been, been nice, especially with the shorter running time. I would have mm. been down for it. Um, but but yeah, you know, it, it did mean that we had a little bit of a break and could get some food. So that was nice. Yeah. I also <laughs> think as well, this is the type of movie that kind of we go to Fright Fest for. You know, it's not... Yeah, 100%. Yeah, not even talking about the quality of the movie, but just like something that's not on anyone's radar that has an interesting premise and then go. Mm. You know, that's what we yeah. want to see at Fright Fest. That we weren't going to see beforehand. You know, no. we had no idea what this movie was going into Fright Fest. None of the people attached to it. It's not like a haunt that would have mm. landed our way eventually. Yeah. Um, it, we would have not have ever seen this movie, and I'm glad we now have. 
yeah, yeah like the not, not to doing the level full, of life changer you know not, yeah. not to that level uh but this was this was what i would normally expect from a fright fest i feel like a life changer is something a bit more special yeah and this this was but this was great you know and, and definitely what i'd go to fright fest for yeah, for sure. Two um, for yeah, two was, at the, the discovery. I was going to say, yeah, it was, a, it was a fun start to the day, and it was a shame that we had to leave the Prince Charles after that. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, we will take a short break, and we will be right back. So yeah, time for film number three of day two. Um, sadly, we were back in the main screen at this point. We're having such a good show. time in the Discovery. I know. <laughs> we like we've said about it, but like it, it's a shame with the scheduling for the for the schedule um, for the festival because obviously I think we're at a position now where we would more than happy be almost all of the movies in the Prince Charles. Yeah, and you just can't guarantee those seats. So if we did go, it's it's so risky to warrant it. We also had clashes uh, in Discovery because I think yeah. it was for the um, Red Letter Day. Was it Girl on the Third Floor was yeah, playing was the, at Discovery? Yeah. And I really wanted to see that. And it's a shame that those were at the same slot and we had to make a decision. Mm. Yeah, there was some but later yeah. on in the day as well that we haven't got yeah. to yet, but it was it was a shame. But um, yeah, there was yeah there was more, wasn't there? Harpoon, we missed out on, wasn't it? Yeah, I think that was yeah, yeah when we were seeing a movie later on. Um, yeah, but yeah, no, film number three was Knives and Skin on the main Knives screen. Knives and Skin. Um, this one is uh, directed by Jennifer Reader. Um, it is a USA production, and it's a hundred and twelve minutes. It's um, a long one, which is the longest movie that we saw at Fright Fest. Um, mm-hmm. And boy, do you feel it. Um, but uh, yeah, do you want to give us a synopsis of this one? Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the movie starts off with a uh, drum girl, drummer girl, uh, Why band not? geek, uh, basically um, going missing. We get her on a date and um, the date doesn't go well and she gets left at a swamp basically and um doesn't come home and ends up going missing and that's kind of the it was funny because the movie started and we got our introduction and we were told that this was not a horror movie Mm. and then the opening of the movie is does have the most horror in it yeah Um, and i was like okay maybe we are going to get some horror stuff and then for the next uh 110 minutes we didn't really get any horror (laughs) um which isn't necessarily a problem um you know um but yeah it very much was we were told it wasn't a horror movie and this is not a horror movie um this um really goes into you know the 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 central point of this movie is the the drum girl the drummer girl going uh, disappearing her mum dealing with that the the guy that um was on the date with her him dealing with that um and then kind of um her classmates all somewhat dealing with that and just just at this point it kind of becomes like a high school drama really where kind of um we get a lot of these characters we get to see their home life we get to see their school life and we get to see their kind of issues personal to what happened with the girl that disappeared um and it just starts to go into the their their stories really Mm. um almost becomes yeah it becomes a teen drama really doesn't it 
Yeah, definitely. And I want to like, it's interesting that you, you mentioned that. And obviously you just, uh, we, this got described to us as not a horror movie at the start. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously this is a horror movie podcast and we go into Fright Fest. So I think that's one thing to take into consideration. Yeah. I also think it's worth noting that we are far from genre snobs in any sense of the word. Um, mm-hmm. And at least speaking for myself, like I don't care about that sort of thing at all. I think if a movie's good, it's good. And if it's bad, it's bad. And yeah. I, I'm never switched off by, you know, kind of like, oh, does it have enough horror? And especially the team drama stuff because i watch so much of that stuff and really enjoy it um especially yeah, you love on the that te- shit. yeah like on from a tv <laughs> standpoint i've watched euphoria recently and obviously i've discussed 13 reasons why in the past um i think you can get some really cool drama out of young adultness because i think it's a really um important part of anyone's life oh it's so, a crazy time isn't it and like you say it, it can be done i think for us like obviously if we're talking about something for the show if it's not horror we won't be talking about it but outside yeah. of the show yeah we love uh, you know almost anything um so you know i was not put off by the fact this wasn't a horror movie my initial thoughts were okay this is gonna be a struggle for the show Mm. um but hopefully i'll enjoy this movie um yeah turns out i didn't enjoy it at all um this movie was a real long watch for me um i didn't find most of the characters interesting um i didn't find their their stories or their scenarios all that interesting and um a lot of it really felt to me like um, the the normal stereotypes that you see not done very well. Um, in particular, um, some of the kind of mental health side of things they touched upon. Mm. I felt like it was put in the film and then wasn't explored very deeply and was just kind of not not throwaway, but just just not deeply explored. And you know, I'm I'm reviewing this as a as a outside of the podcast at this point like i say is just like this teen drama and going into drama side of it and it just didn't explore it in a way i wanted it to and i just found it very uninteresting i wasn't sure whether it was taking itself seriously or not as well at times because um the the initial opening scene when the the girl goes missing we get some weird visual effects with certain Mm. things um the the made me think is this movie gonna go really weird and then it kind of doesn't and then visually a lot of our characters kind of um it really is a smorgasbord of kind of styles and and looks of people that didn't feel authentic for the school they were you know the 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 overall picture of the film they were going for Mm. um some people you know it just it just felt like a mismatch and I, i i i just really didn't enjoy it Yeah, I thought tonally this movie is all over the shop. I agree with you that I think at times it tries to be really serious and at times it tries to be really like silly. Um, I think it's a movie that tries to go for style over substance and completely lacks either. Um, Before I get into my overall opinion, what I will say is that during this screening, I counted at least 11 walkouts during the screening. There were a lot, yeah. This is at Fright Fest where, you know, people are the most inclined to stick around. And um, quite frankly, I would have loved to have joined them but i mm. felt like a need to see this entire movie for the purpose of the show yeah i hated um, myself for it because about an hour in may, yeah. maybe less than that i almost turned to you and said shall we go because you know we, we saw six movies yeah and this was the longest of this day and i would have been better placed to to recover and not, yeah not i was already thinking this, like we but... could have banked that time and, yeah. and not wasted it but but that yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah. And just, just so so for my thoughts on this movie, like like you say, it sets up with this whole 
this thing happens to this girl and then that's kind of what's on the posters of like what happened to mm-hmm. whatever her name is you know where is she and all this stuff yeah i just think that this movie has no mystery or intrigue or suspense or anything because they show you it in the opening scene we know exactly what happened to her and there's no real sense of like oh you know what but is we've gonna got be the we've got this weird imagery with her with her body that keeps yeah. moving and kind of like and all the you know one minute it's right where she was you know from the date the next minute she's kind of drifting downstream at one point she's in the woods Mm. and i'm just like did i miss something or what you know or was that just weird you know i I don't know man you didn't because i I think it's just a poorly made film at every turn that was kind of my main aspect of it i think it's one of these things where its sole purpose is to force a message down your throat and Mm -hmm. it completely forgets to to make a movie um it reminds me of all of our conversations we had about the absolute worst episodes of the twilight zone um where they they start from the point of what's the message of this episode and then they completely fail deliver on character on plot on intrigue on you know cinematography on and anything that you remotely enjoy in a movie and they mm-hmm. just have the message <laughs> and so so that aspect of it i i just I, I can't stand it and i think for me as well at times this felt like the episode of friends when chandler goes to see a one-woman play and yeah he's just he feels like he's being shouted at the entire time and that's how i felt watching this movie like why yeah. are you being so aggressive towards me i just want to sit and watch a movie at fright fest and i'm getting yeah. lectured um because, so that was I, how think I, felt. I think that is important to touch upon very briefly and um you know obviously this movie is uh talking a lot towards kind of you know women and the way they're they're treated and um but which is a very important message, especially what's been going on recently. And I think, you know, we will see a lot of films that that explores this and we'll just explore it better because every male in this movie is an absolute piece of shit. Um, There's not a single male character in this movie that has any redeeming qualities. And so for me as a male watching this movie that I I personally, you know, tried to not be a piece of shit the entire time and respect women, I would have liked there to have at least been one character in this movie that I could relate to. Yeah, this movie has no nuance whatsoever. Mm. It, it doesn't try to be nuanced. Um, it's really funny because, it, yeah, there's four straight white men in this entire movie. One of them is seems to be either cheating on his wife or he's at least um, sleeping with a married woman. And it's just these awkward interactions that are atrocious mm-hmm. and boring um, and don't need to be in the movie. Um, two of the characters are teachers and they're pedophiles. And one of the characters is, is a rapist. Um, yeah. and that, they, that is the entire collection of the characters. Um, and so yeah. immediately from that, you can kind of pull what this movie is trying to achieve. Mm. Um, with no, like you say, no sense of nuance. And like, I, I've, it makes me, that was my biggest takeaway from this point, And, and the, the only positive I will take from this movie is that it's really made me appreciate a lot of the young adult, uh, television that I've watched recently. Yeah. That explores because, these themes, you know, yeah, like you were, you were being harsh on like a 13 reasons why recently. Yeah. And, and you know, the, the stuff that that tries to explore in comparison to this and the way it achieves that is just, it's just night and day, isn't it? Oh, it's crazy. I mean, like Euphoria was the one that I just finished and that, that, mm. that covers trans issues and, you know, toxic masculinity and all that stuff so well mm. and was actually really interested and would actually show it on all different sides. It wasn't just a, we have one point of view and we're going to force it down your throat for the whole season. And so, yeah, like it made me, it really made me appreciate a lot of other stuff because this is exactly how to get it wrong. Um, mm-hmm. And so, yeah, my, my overall thoughts, I would not recommend this movie. It nope. was um, by far my least favorite movie I've ever seen at Fright Fest and easily my least favorite movie of this year. Um, yep. so, yeah. 
Yeah, probably right. I mean, it's definitely... I, I just, you know, we don't even want to put it into our conversation with horror movies because it's not one. And then mm. it was, yeah, it's the worst movie we saw at Fright Fest this year. Spoilers for our uh, recap of our films at the end of it. But mm. yeah, no, no one needs, you don't need to watch this movie. Yeah. And like this being on the main screen of Fright Fest is like honestly laughable. But yeah, yeah, we saw, we saw Horn in the tiniest little screen ever. And then, you know, we had to watch this on the big screen for nearly two hours. It's a, it's a disappointment and just shows how careful you need to be going to a Fright Fest. If anyone's looking to go again, Mm. you've really got to explore the films out there. We tried so hard with this. It was almost like they forced people to watch this movie <laughs> yeah. uh, with the scheduling because there was nothing on the other screens. Because no. um, what was it? It was a. Uh, well, so it was. It was when the signing was happening, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, there was. was a what signing... They already assumed that there was going to be ninety nine percent of the festival go yeah. to the Dario Argento signing, which is fair enough. Yeah, um, obviously we want to see films, so that's why we watched the film instead. There was an Argento movie being replayed. There was, yeah. and then there was an anime Video movie. Game. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it was just like, yeah, it was the it was the only like live action new what we thought horror movie showing at that time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it turns out we even got tricked in, in that aspect. Um, and then we had a clash of like three movies later on. You know, Bliss, Harpoon, and uh, Freaks mm-hmm. all sounded interesting. Yep. <laughs> oh well. Moving on. So yeah, moving on to our fourth film of the day, um, and our last film to talk about in this episode um, was Sadistic Intentions, um, which was back on the Discovery screen after the main screen of the last one. Um, our first one Discovery in the, screen, wasn't it? Yeah, our first one in the Cine World one, which is part of the main sort of cinema complex. It is just a smaller screen, but as part of the main sort of cinema. Um so it's not as nice as the Prince Charles, but it is also no, like a, a smaller, more intimate one. It's a funny screen because it's kind of a small, intimate one, but you're in this kind of mainstream, big cinema complex and you feel like it should be a bigger screen. Yeah, it's really like, because it's right just to the side and kind yeah, of like, it's, it's part of like the really busy lobby area. It's just kind of there. <laughs> yeah. Like it is, it's the strangest placement. Like I really wonder what that does most of the time. Yeah. Um, because I can't, they must just put small indie releases there. I imagine. Yeah, it's very they odd. Could, you could never put like Hobbs and Shaw or something like that on this screen. Do you know what I mean? So, um, but no, we got to see Already. some intentions. Yeah. Um, directed by Eric Pennykoff, a USA production um, that runs 90 minutes long. Mm. Um, so, yeah, this was a, a weird one kind of in terms of the scheduling again, because I think this was when the big book signing was going on over the, <laughs> over the weekend. Um, yeah, I think so. So there was the lobby area was in, insanely crowded, the most crowded it was over the entire weekend. Um, and there was only two movies to choose from during mm-hmm. the slot. Again, it's weird because most of the time you get the choice of four. Or I'd, I'd say it's probably most of the time because obviously like Thursdays and Mondays is a bit different. But yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the main days you're expecting a choice of four. But yeah, we really didn't get that this time. No, there was only two with the book mm-hmm. signing and a, and a video game showing as well. So it was a case of, right, what do we see? And it was very much like, oh, I don't know. And I think we kind of picked this one because we like the smaller screen as well. Any, any yeah. excuse to get out of the main screen. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, what was what was the synopsis of this one? Um, so, yeah, this one was kind of, I don't think I had any idea really what it was going in. I mm. completely kind of forgot. 
Um, but it's basically a um, psychotic musician kind of uh, lures his, I guess lures is the right word, um, his bandmate to a kind of um, remote mansion in the middle of nowhere. And then um, he also gets a um, friend, a female friend, kind of uh, tricks her into going as well. Yeah, it's supposed um, to be. They're supposed to be meeting him at his house. Yeah, well, it wasn't clear whether it's his house or his parents' house. Probably right. Yeah. Um. So that's why they didn't know where the location was. Um. And the the friend and the the woman turn up together. Um. Just trying to think of their names, Stu and Chloe. Yeah. Uh, I think, and um, so he's there <clears throat> for band practice, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, he's been he's been lured with the kind of promise of like this band practice in this kind of secluded location where they won't get disturbed, and then she's been promised uh, drugs, basically. Yeah, <laughs> um, he's basically said to her that like he's gonna turn up with a dealer and he's gonna have a load of drugs for her to buy, and so she's some pot basically to buy. Yeah, that she can like flip um, for profit because they'll sell yeah. it to her really cheap. Yeah, so, um, yeah, Stu and Chloe turn up, and there's no sign of maybe Kevin, the uh, bandmate in question that's invited them there. I think it's Kevin. Mm. And, um, Let's go with Kevin. Yeah, and basically, um, you, you then get a lot of... The, a lot of the movie is then kind of Stu and Chloe kind of interacting. Chloe kind of... Stu's very awkward and doesn't really want Chloe there initially and just kind of ignores her. Um, and then kind of she leaves and comes back and gets, and kind of they're, they're basically waiting for Kevin and kind of the longer it goes on, the more it, it, it becomes apparent that all is not what it seems and it's all a bit wrong. This house isn't quite, um, you know, it's not his parents' house and mm. what, what the hell is going on. Um it's a weird one because as I'm saying the plot, I don't feel like I've described a horror movie. Yeah. But I've pretty much described the plot as far as I can get into the, we get into spoilers. Yeah, for sure. Um, and this, this one is a weird one because it's, <clears throat> it is a horror movie, but a big chunk of the movie is the interaction between these two characters and kind of this, that as it starts to spiral. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's it's an interesting one, isn't it? It was a weird one in terms of what the what I knew going in because just mm. seeing the poster and a few of the taglines, it was very much sold as a sort of twisted romance uh, mm. horror tale, and yeah. that was the main thing that really pulled me in because that was one of the main things that I absolutely loved about Life Changer last year was yeah. that you know first and foremost it was a horror movie but i loved it it had this like crazy romantic mm. twist and tale to it and i think that's one thing that i really i think horror overall is lacking i think there's such a good spot for that kind of merging you know we talk a lot about how comedy and horror mm. seem to be going hand yeah. in hand all the time i think romance and horror can work incredibly well um in these kind yeah, of like, you never get too romances. well-rounded characters in a horror movie that are romantically kind of um together that you normally get like one and the, the boyfriend or the girlfriend you know and it's just kind of you, you don't tend to get a relationship in a in a horror movie do you no they just don't seem to want to delve into it and i mm. think it's so ripe for a horror movie mm. you know the kind of the heartbreak yeah. and the backs and forths of any sort of relationship i think it can work really well as as we saw in life change you know like the sort of brutality yeah. of adding this horror situation to what is essentially just a love story um, yeah but so and, that and was 
go on go on you go i was just gonna say that was like the main thing that i really wanted from this movie um mm. and so kind of going into like our overall thoughts on it now i was slightly disappointed in that aspect because um it was what was told to us and it was very much the focus of like the q a and stuff afterwards and that was the one element that just didn't really grab me it, it never i never felt this connection i never felt like i was watching two characters sort of fall for each other um it, i could see that they were trying to do that and like i don't think it's a um it's against the actors or anything like that i just didn't really what, like what did you what was your take on the actual relationship it was it? it was difficult really because i definitely got the vibe that they were gelling that they it started off and they're very cold to each other and then they kind of share a drink and talk about music and they're very different people but they start to find common ground and i started to feel like there was a little bit of chemistry between them and then um we got into the more final act part of the movie and then that didn't get explored any further. And I felt like the promise of this movie was that these two were going to fall in love. And I certainly didn't feel that. I felt like they were strangers and then they kind of liked each other in a weird way. And then we mm. got to the end of the movie. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I definitely did feel that. I did. I, I enjoyed their interaction, though. I liked how awkward Stu was and kind of... um. I think I liked uh, like Stu's awkwardness as opposed to kind of Chloe and and her, some of the some of the choices her character made. I think he stuck to the role a bit, like not not the role. Like his his character was more to the kind of character that I would expect. Whereas Chloe mm. kind of shifted a couple of times. Yeah, she was the one that was quite cold and then was warm and like you know the bit when she's trying to get him to dance with him and stuff. Whereas. He's pretty much the same character the whole time. He just kind of starts to like her. Um, yeah, you're always starting to expect, like, is she turning? Has, does she have any sort of, like, ulterior motives? Mm. Is there more going on than what meets the eye? Because I agree with you. It's it's kind of inconsistent in her portrayal from of the character from scene to scene, where it's like, okay, now she's being <clears> really, <throat> like, she's really trying to get to know him and be friendly, and now she's going the opposite way. So, yeah, I agree with yeah. you. It was, it was a weird one. Yeah, whereas Stu was just pretty much cold throughout, and it just got to the point that when she started to kind of you know, engage a bit more. He he gave a bit back, but he was pretty consistent um, and, until the final act, obviously, which we won't go into. But, um, yeah, it it was an interesting one. Like, it, it definitely wasn't, like, my favourite movie I've ever seen mm. um, or, or, or at this year's Fright Fest. But I didn't, you know, it, I, I, I did like it. I enjoyed kind of aspects of it. And I kind of just wanted it to give me a bit more in places, which is always, you know, it's never a harsh criticism. Um where kind of they spoke about the band and music and that side of things and I kind of wanted them to go into that a bit more and this whole kind of bandmate thing and and you know um what the band was because it kind of becomes quite important in the third act mm. but they haven't really established to me what the band was and what it's all about um but it it, it was yeah, it was a difficult one, really, like, especially off the back of kind of what we'd already seen. Like, if I think if we'd have seen something that wasn't so long and drawn out before, and then we had this other quite long character-driven mm. two-person narrative, I don't think that played well together. And I think it was more to the detriment of sadistic intentions because I enjoyed yeah, this one more. I agree. Um, this was like a difficult yeah. one to watch. If we'd have seen this like straight after Red Letter Day, I think mm. it, I think it would have sat a lot better with me. Yeah, um, but I can't 
you know, now we're removed from it. I, thinking about this movie, you know, it, it didn't offend me in, in you know too many ways. It, it has its problems. It's it's low, you know, it's a low budget movie. It's it's not completely well rounded, but I did enjoy what it gave me. Yeah, uh, for for me, I think this movie is a good film, um, mm. but it's definitely kind of outside of the previous movie we just discussed. I think it shows the quality of the festival that the other, mm. I mean, spoiler alert for the next ones, but I think the other nine movies I watched at the festival, I would say I at least enjoyed. And um, yeah. But this would definitely be in the lower aspect of it. Um, yeah. I think this is the most probably indie movie that we saw over the course of the festival. It felt um, it. Yeah, because we we talk about this a lot and kind of the um the, especially watching ten movies where a lot of them are, are obviously smaller independent yeah. releases outside of the big budget ones we saw on the mm. opening day. You see a lot of these same conventions, and this is the one that kind of smacks of that the most, really, where it's like has one location with two yeah. characters for yeah. a vast majority two, of the film. Maybe you know two three characters, and I think credited there might have been five. Yeah, maybe. Like, you know, and, and yeah. it just shows how indie it is. You know, they could have literally shot this at a friend's big house over a weekend. Yeah, that's um, what it feels like, and not in a yeah, bad way. Yeah, exactly. You know, and it's um, it definitely kind of <clears throat> does lead to be a hell of a lot more indie than some of the other ones. Um, but I just, yeah, it's, I think in terms of, yeah, Fright Fest and the experience, this would definitely be lower on my list as well. And it probably just, like you said, it does show the quality of what we've seen. Mm. Um, but this is not one that, um, it's hard to really go into the discussion on it because when we, because we haven't really spoken about horror at all in this yeah. discussion of this movie because it really does take until the final act. Um, the opening scene of the movie we pretty much get to see um, we, we see some horror and we it kind of gives us the setup as to what this house is. Um, I don't really want to say because I, I feel like it's not in any of the commentary on it. And so it is a bit of, you know, it, it's an open scene. But <clears throat> as this movie is so indie, you might not have seen anything. So, you know, it, it does kind of set it up and it is a scene of horror. And I did enjoy that opening scene. Um, but then we probably get well over an hour of this hour and a half runtime where it is these two having their character developments. And it's not really until kind of Kevin's kind of um, plan really comes into play that, that, that we get the horror again. Um, and I guess without kind of going to spoilers, what did you think of the horror side of it? That final third kind of spoiler free. Yeah, I mean, it was good. It wasn't the best thing we've seen at Fright Fest, but it wasn't the worst either. It was decent enough. Um, I just think it is difficult at that point where, especially, you know, we said during a movie like Crawl, where, and it's a completely different conversation, but um, in terms of, like, there's a limit to what that movie can achieve. Mm. And I feel like when it comes to independent horror, where you have pretty much two characters in one single location for the whole movie you have to wow me and do things that I've never seen have like really fascinating fleshed out characters that are jumping off the screen and I'm yeah. enamored with and all of that stuff. And it just doesn't like, it's just good. Like everything is good. Like it looks good on the screen. The acting is good. Just everything is like decent. And then, so when you watch like an hour of that, it, then you get to the finale and I'm already kind of like a little bit switched off at that point. Um, and so when stuff did kick in, I was like, Oh, this was good. And definitely by the end of the movie, I was like, yeah, that was like a solid indie flick. Like, yeah. It wouldn't be the first movie that would jump out for recommendations or anything like that. But we we've definitely seen a hell of a lot worse. Um, yeah, and I think and, and bigger everyone... bigger productions as well. 
Yeah, definitely. So it shows that like everyone involved is supremely talented. My, my biggest issue with it is, and I always get like this might may sound like more of a damning criticism than it should, but I kind of get frustrated when you have clearly talented people. You know, you, I think the acting's good, the directing's good, and all that. I just feel like at some point they, they kind of forgot. Well, they forgot to get like an interesting script together because I, I just yeah. feel like the two main aspects, and we've kind of touched upon them both: the romantic angle, which I definitely think they're going for, and even oh, though they, it didn't they fully, 100% it didn't fully work for me. At least they went for it. But the other angle, which is being sold in a lot of the promotional materials, which you've just spoke about, is the whole metal band aspect of it. Yeah, which is in all the promotional stuff. If you read the kind of synopsis <clears> in the <throat> Frightfest guide, which is a little bit spoilery. Um, but it does talk about how it's kind of like this metal band practice gone wrong and all of this stuff. And that is really feels like such a footnote for a vast majority of this movie. And clearly yeah. the, the filmmakers wanted this to be a big part because when we watched the, when we saw the Q and a with the director at the end of this movie, it, maybe that was just what the audience were asking, but a lot of the questions were about the use of metal music, the it's portrayal in the movie and all of that stuff. And yeah, it was, a lot of it was people, very odd. It a lot of people like... were bringing up uh, Lords of chaos. Yeah at the time yeah. and that was just crazy to me because first and foremost it just reminded me like this is a completely different playing field you know compared to a movie like lords of chaos but it reminded me that like wow they got the fundamentals right in the portrayal of the music and everything like that and mm. so that was weird to me that that felt like a passionate part from the director but that didn't come across on screen to me it felt like just he that could have been any little thing you know it could have been this band yeah. or that band. it just so happened to be metal because that's what most young people are into and this is a film with all young yeah people that, that, that's all it felt like to me you know i was surprised when the director started talking and he was so passionate about metal and he was yeah. in like an indie metal band when he was at school and stuff and i was like wow you you're really into this scene and i mm. i would have guessed that this would have just been someone that was like oh what a what is like moody blokes in a band play? yeah it was gonna Probably be rap metal. or metal wasn't it yeah like... <laughs> and, yeah and they're like oh well what aesthetic do we want do we want the rap aesthetic or do we want the metal oh, yeah metal goes better with a horror movie you know i yeah. felt like that was the the path that was drawn uh but mm. actually it seemed much more important to the director than that yeah um, it felt so far away for something yeah. that's supposedly really important no, i think i think like uh, a couple of minutes ago you hit the nail on the head with this really that this is a good indie movie but you in order to wow in this day and age it has to do something special and it just mm. it really just doesn't do that and you know you will see much worse indie movies but in order to get that buzz and get something that's really worth watching because at the end of the day when when you indie is a broad brush um yes you know next episode kind of our our first show is is that is freaks described as an indie movie I guess so, yeah. You know? I have to say, yeah. And the scale of freaks in comparison to sadistic, like we're not going into that review just yet, but it's night and day difference. Mm. Um, and you get it with video games now as well. Like what does indie mean? But this is mm. kind of as indie as you can get. And with yeah. that, there really is, you know, you have to watch it for the love of the genre because you're not often going to get something that completely blows your mind. Yeah. You know, the, the kind of the, probably the best example ever was probably Paranormal Activity, mm. you know, and kind of in recent years. And it's just like those sort of movies don't come around often. Um, no. But yeah, I mean, what would you say in terms of recommending them this one for a watch? Uh, it's difficult because, like I say, I think it's good. I, I think that it's more good than bad, even though I do have some criticisms of it. I, I think it's definitely like 
towards the bottom you know outside of the last mm. movie that we talked about i would say this is probably the next one up and that's not yeah that's I'd just per, compared that's just compared to everything else and um so yeah if this was on a if this was on a demand service that you're already subscribed to if this comes to a shutter or netflix or anything like that mm. and you and you maybe hopefully there's there'll be have a good trailer or something attached because i feel like it's one that you should probably at least glance at some footage because obviously we knew nothing yeah. going it's so difficult I think it, though i don't know how you'd cut a good trailer for this movie as well like, True, I'm but struggling I feel like... to like synopsize it and review it. Spoiler free. I just don't know. I guess they just don't care about spoilers with the trailer. <laughs> yeah, I just if you if you got to see the actors and if you got to see yeah. like maybe this would be something that you would be interested in their interactions. Then then maybe mm. you should give it a shot. But other than that, no, it's not one of the first things I would recommend. Yeah, I'd I'd pretty much say unless you're a real indie fan, probably not check this one out. Uh, mm. uh, it's only a slight. You know, I, I I was teetering on the edge, and I'm going with no, just because. Yeah. Even on a demand service, this movie still falls subpar to, to a lot out there. Yeah. Um, but I still think you could see this and have a good time. So it's not, you know, it's it's a soft no. Yeah, I feel like we're being harsh because we saw 10 movies and there is just a level of quality. Yeah. I think on any, and if this was like a random week, you know, this is better than the, the previous movies we've covered in the last mm. few weeks. So. Yeah um yeah exactly i think this is a 50 50 it's a coin toss and if if you like indie movies i think it teeters towards yes and if you're more of a you you listen to our show and you you watch the ones that come to cinemas and that sort of thing then probably a no Um, yeah and if you listen just for the kind of like the indie stuff that we watch where we're going like absolutely yes you know the ones like the one cut of the deads where there's like no there's no hesitation whatsoever like everyone should see that movie like it's definitely not that no Um, but uh, yeah, that was that was it for this show. Obviously, we covered four <sighs> movies that we watched on the Friday, but we've still got two more to go and the final movie. We were so, still going for it on Friday. I was going to say we stop. will pick. Yeah, we will pick we this stop. up on the next episode because it would just be insane to talk about six movies in one show. Um, but you did get four, so hopefully you guys enjoyed good that, stuff, guys. <laughs> and yeah, keep your eyes peeled because the final part will be coming very soon. Um, thanks for listening as always, and we'll see you again very soon. See you later, everyone. Shut up, I can't, mainly because I never could, huh?